The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. Hi everyone, I'm Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. As always, we've got co-host Fishing Rick here. How are you, buddy? Oh, my, my man, it's a massive day today, Macca. How, how long have I got for this, uh, my little intro? You've got eight seconds. Shit. Um, all right, just very quickly... Uh, Jackson Trengove came on as ambassador of New Vision, but he's put a promo offer on his page. So if you come and like the New Vision Finance page, you can go in the draw to win a signed Guernsey from Jacko for his 100th game. Nice. Um, so I reckon that's that's pretty worthwhile doing. And just for the big footy guys out there that don't use the, the Facebook or anything like that, um, I put a I put a link on our P, uh, Poor Fan Radio thread tonight. Um, just if you go and subscribe to our mailing list just to get updates of schedules and stuff for the week uh, for the radio shows, um, they can go in the draw uh, to be to accompany us to the Port Richmond game. I mean, what better prize would be than that, Macca? Mate, watching me eat and drink, that is a fantastic prize. <laughs> I look forward to it. It's exciting. <laughs> So, t- sorry, hey, tell us a bit more about uh, Jackson Trengove, mate. What's uh, what's the deal there? Okay, so um, Jacko has come on as ambassador for for my business, New Vision. And, awesome. Um, yeah, it is awesome. It's, uh, he's a great guy and, uh, you know, he, he's happy to support the business. He really, uh, he likes what we do here and, uh, and he, he wants to get on board and, so uh, we worked out a deal for for all of us, and um, yeah, so we're going to do a lot of giveaways uh, with Jacko through the throughout the year um, for the supporters to sort of give something back, and you know, obviously a bit of promo for for our business at the same time, and uh, we'll have uh, probably an event of some sort yet to be determined where Jacko will come out as well. So could be an opportunity for um, fans of the podcast and Vision to be able to. Uh, uh, meet Jacko personally and, and say good day, but uh, nice. We'll work on that one. And uh, so, and tell we'll us, see what... tell us again how we can win that Guernsey. So, how you can win that Guernsey is by going to Jackson Trengo's Facebook page, um, liking and sharing his post, and uh, and then going to the New Vision page and just liking our page, and you go in the draw. Awesome. I think there's only Easy been that, about 800 shares so far. Wow. So uh, he's a very popular man, our young Jacko. <laughs> he is, absolutely. And look, we do have a guest on this evening on the podcast. For the first time, we are speaking to Chad Wingoat. How are you, mate? Hi, boys. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. That's you sound right. too intelligent to be on our <laughs> Chad. Uh, yeah, I get that a fair bit. <laughs> Good call. I like it. Um, well, mate, first things first, can you tell us how you became a Port supporter? Of course I can. Um, well, it started about 2000, I think. It was uh, My family and I all started going to all the Port Adelaide Power home games. I'm fairly young, so unfortunately I didn't really go to many games before that. Yep. Um, 
My family do have a strong following of Port Adelaide back in the SANFL, though. My mother and her side of the family are all mad Magpies fans, of course. And, um, yeah, that kind of rubbed off on me quite a bit when I was younger. So I'm, I've joined the Power Army and the Port Adelaide Army. So, yeah, we went to a lot of home games throughout those early years, um, 2003 or 2005. And then... Couldn't really go to many after that, after a bit of an incident with my dad, but that's okay. Um, he was in hospital for about 12 months, and my mum didn't feel too comfortable taking my brother and I, who were quite young, to all the games. So, yeah, and after a couple of altercations as well at the football, kind of just with some Crows fans, actually, after a showdown. Oh, look, that um, happens. Stuff going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some 40-year-old Crows fans were picking on me and my younger brother, who were, you know, 12 years old at the time and nine. Didn't that make the paper? <laughs> Um, I don't think it was me, but or my incident, but it could have. Yeah, it sounds awfully familiar. I think the Crows supporters have got a habit of doing this sort of stuff. Mm. Mm. And uh, my mum actually hasn't been to a single game since, and I'm taking her this weekend to the Sydney game, so awesome. very, very much looking forward to it. Oh, that's great yeah. news. Yeah, first time at Adelaide Oval, so yeah. yeah. You'll love it, mate. That's it. What's your favourite match? Oh, Favourite match? Wow, there's quite a few. I have a serious love for the Round 5 West Coast game in 2013. That's a good game. I'm not going to lie. It's an underrated game, in my opinion, because that was the day, the game when we solidified that fourth quarter running ability under Ken Hinckley, and it was just that day when we had the belief that we could win from any any, any position in the game. I mean, it, it's been re-solidified throughout the past two years, but for me, that that's probably my favourite game. No, it's a good call. I do agree that is a very underrated game, and what a comeback that was. What a last quarter. Mm-hmm. The second half really was fantastic. I'll never forget Needy's run down the wing. That was awesome. Everyone was standing up. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Well, look, uh, let's get straight into it and start previewing uh, this week's game. It's round two versus Sydney um, at Adelaide Oval this Saturday night. Uh, sellout crowd expected. Um, we've got a pretty poor record against the Swans. We're 7 17 uh, win loss. Um, we've lost our last two games um, against the Swans in 2014, um, including round 20 by 26 points at home. Uh, first home game of the year, boys. Uh, what are we expecting? A, a big game. It's gonna. It's a huge game for us, isn't it, Macca? We spoke about it on the review show. Um, we really, really need to get the chocolates uh, this week, and it's. I reckon it's going to be another tight uh, tussle for the whole game. Sydney's a quality side, and they're not going to give us free reign. That's for sure. That's it. Yeah, well, we need to win a bit, to bounce back. If anything, going zero and two to start the season would be a horrible way to start. It would. Yeah, it wouldn't be pretty. Um, just forgetting the on-field for a minute um, and just talking about maybe the, the pre-game ritual, what are we expecting? Are we expecting any sort of bells and whistles or any changes to our never-tear-us-apart sort of plan that we have? I don't think so. Um, I heard Keith Thomas on the radio and uh, his opinion was there was a couple of core fundamentals that uh, he didn't want changed. One of them was the the ritual of the players running out to the ground. Um, the other one was uh, the organic growth and the embracing of the, the NTUA. So I don't think we'll see too much there. There might be a few more fireworks or some um, bells and whistles uh, with the players coming out, but um, I'm quite interested to see 
actually the kids zone. I think it's quite an innovative idea and smart thinking, um, even though I won't be taking any young kids to that area. <laughs> and also the uh, the former white marquee bar, which is becoming a bit of a plaza. I, I'm also interested to see uh, how that works. I'm sure you'll be knocking back a few pies and beers in that section pre-game, Macca. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I'm not sure what to expect. Is a different... I think they might tinker a few things, but only slightly. Uh, there's rumours of bands being played similar to how the Crows had a setup as well for their first game. So I'm not quite sure, actually. I, there's a lot to be anticipated, I suppose, but I'm not really sure what to expect. I'm sure they'll have a few surprises in store for us and whatever it does, ho- hopefully it's great and hopefully it doesn't sort of spoil, uh, as you said, Rick, the organic growth that we had with uh, Never Tear Us Apart last year. I don't think it will. I think they'll keep that um, mainly alone because it's such a fantastic thing and you know, on a Saturday night, first home game, I reckon it's going to be bloody loud. Oh, it's going to be loud. It's going to, um, there'll be noise brought for sure. I. I think there's going to be a lot of pumped up people, a lot of excited people, and I think there's going to be a lot of people bringing extra noise, knowing what's on the line. And and even though uh, this guy's a uh, a Swans player now, there was a lot of uh, dislike for Kurt Tippett when he was at the Crows, so it wouldn't surprise me if he gets a bit of sledging. Um, even though I reckon he should be getting a bit of applause for the entertainment he's provided us over the last couple Standing of years. Standing ovation, that's what I'll be doing, mate. <laughs> I'm sure. And what about the Buddy Show? I mean, he, he'll be an exciting talent to uh, watch running around once again. Oh, no doubt. Yep. Giving him a stand. Giving him no, a standing ovation. Not. No. No. Only only Adelaide Kurt Tippett. That, uh, that's the only one that deserves a standing ovation, mate. I'll personally be giving Tippett a bit of both, actually, sledging and praise. <laughs> well, look, let's talk about the teams. Um, <laughs> out goes Johnny Butcher. I don't think that's uh, too much of a surprise, but in comes Jared Redden. Um, in for his first game in about 650-odd days, one and a half seasons, Big Red is back. Well, what does that, what does that suggest to you? To me, it suggests that um, the coaching panel maybe still lacks a little bit of confidence as Ryder as our number one ruckman and, and that he needs a bit of ruck uh, chop out. And obviously, uh, the Big Red is the man... For the job there, I guess, whereas Butcher um, probably doesn't provide us too much in, in relation to the ruck. And uh, going by Jackson's presser on Wednesday, he was pretty adamant that he doesn't want to spend any time in the ruck. So um, I guess that's one way of forcing the hand, isn't it, by bringing Redden we'll, in? Is that uh, how you possibly, would see Possibly. I think we'll be starting Jared Redden as first ruck and uh, playing Patrick Ryder up forward. That's, uh, that's personally what I would like to see. I think uh, Ryder... I think they think that Ryder will be able to perform better than what Butcher would be able to on the weekend. So they'll be playing Ryder up forward and, and using Redden up um, as much as possible through that first half. And I reckon they'll sub him out um, sometime during the third quarter. Yeah, I agree with you, Macca, though. I think uh, Butcher's been a bit carried in the last game. And you know, you, in these top four clashes, you can't really have players being carried because it will cost you and it will hurt you. So, for me, he's been dropped out rather than Ryder requiring the extra assistance. But that being said, we've been playing uh, a new style in the preseason, obviously, with Ryder and Loby as the combination. So, you'd think maybe Redden will have to come in to assist in that combination rather than having uh, Butcher, who wasn't really able to do much on the weekend. Yeah. And I guess the better thing with uh, with Jared Redden is that he can also play up forward. You know, he can take a, a big grab and, you know, he's a very good kick for goal as well. 
I'm a massive fan of Reddo. I, I think he's got a good mark and uh, he's got a good goal sense, like you said. And I, I just, I mean, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago when they had the replay of his last game uh, against Richmond. And I still think he's just a fantastic natural ruckman. Um, it's a lot of promise. And I guess if he's, if his knee's recovered, well, there's not much risk outside of, um, outside of fitness for big Reddies there. And, uh, look, I guess he adds a bit more versatility in that regard from a rucking option compared to Butch, which is more of a forward option. Um, I do feel like uh, Johnny Butcher's been a little bit of a scapegoat here, especially with the supporters, probably more so than the coaching staff. But uh, he wasn't a lone soldier with our tall forwards last week. And, and as our third tall, um, or you could maybe argue fourth behind... Um, um, behind Paddy as well, he look he wasn't that bad considering oh, the delivery. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, but I, I think yeah, he was I always going to be omitted. I, I think he's been a bit unlucky. Yeah, well, all our tools last week didn't perform to the standard we would have preferred. Um, if you compare it to Pavlik drove it out at Frio on the other end of the park, he uh, pretty much killed us. He was the difference, in my opinion, in the two sides. Him kicking four straight and us not really having too many options with our tool forwards. So, unfortunately, I, but the one thing that people keep forgetting is Redden was actually our number one ruck before he went down yeah. in 2013. He was ahead of Loby in the pecking order. And obviously, he's been sent back two years through injury, but he um, he will definitely be a, a good inclusion for us, especially if he can refine that yeah, form. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's our best tap ruckman. You know, he's got great tapping ability. Um, he's got a good grab. It's just his fitness, which was always a problem back then, and obviously he's coming from a long way back. And as I said, I think they they'll give him maybe half a game this week, maybe three quarters, and and look to sub him out. Yeah, that looks most likely to me as well. Uh, the Swans have uh, have taken out Harry Cunningham um, and brought in uh, one of their most experienced players, and Jared McVeigh. Um, so he'll probably slot back into a uh, a backline position, you would think. Um, Dane Rampey plays his 50th game, but more importantly for Port Adelaide, Jackson Trengove, one of our heroes, uh, plays his 100th game. Yeah, that's fantastic that's awesome. for him. It is, I agree. I mean, what a great club player he's been for the first 100 games and what a vital player um, Jackson is for us. And I mean, it was one of those rare moments in recent history where we've lost uh, with him in the side. All right, so what can we take out of Sydney's um, victory last week against Essendon? They looked horrible for three quarters. They came home with uh, with such a rush in that last quarter where they kicked something like seven goals, four to, to no score against the Bombers uh, and won the game very, very late in the piece. And what can we take out of that game? Well, they were poor for three quarters and they can't afford to do that against no. us this week. Um, that being said, they still had a lot of scoring opportunities in those first three quarters. They just yep. missed most of them. Um, so it's kind of a, almost a false read, isn't it? They still were in the game, but just kicked themselves out of it like we did in the first quarter of the prelim last year, unfortunately. So, yeah, it's, um, it's just very fortunate that Essendon didn't have the fitness to run out the four quarters. But in relation to Sydney um, and what happened last week, I guess they're perennial slow starters. So, but... Our pre-season's been a bit of a slow start as well, which has been our concern. So I think they're going to gain a bit of momentum. Obviously, the wet game's going to probably affect their legs, such as the six-day game break for us is going to affect our legs. So it's going to uh, 
it's going to be a, a very even clash. And I, I mean, if you look at the stats, if we're talking about um, what they're going to bring, they're going to bring contested ball, aren't they? they that's what they do. Um, and that's what they're renowned for, and that's something we need to work on because we got smashed with contested ball last week. Yep, that's a fair call. That's uh, certainly where they they did a good job against the Bombers. Um, you know, they ended up um, winning the contested possession by twenty six, and you know they had a lot of inside fifties as well. So they didn't play. I don't think they played too badly in the end. Um, but obviously, as uh, as Chad said there, you know, I, I don't think they'll be able to, um, you know, be poor for three quarters and expect to win the game against us. I agree. But will they be poor for three quarters? Probably not. I mean, uh, Essendon was on a massive uh, emotional high. Um, you know, they were probably switched off a little bit. I just can't see Sydney serving up that sort of performance two weeks in a row. I would really like that. Um, though life would be comfortable, I just want to—I want to see a good win for for Jackson in his hundredth, and just for the team overall. So, um, yeah, I'd be happy with a uh, a five-goal lead, nice and early, and then we romp away for victory. Yeah, I agree. They're very vulnerable at the moment, and their defensive liabilities are are there. So, I feel we can, with our high offensive game, take them on and outscore them quite comfortably so yeah I, I agree on that mm. on that front having said that they, they do have a fantastic squad and I know a lot of people on our board have written them off um, but you look at their squad and it's just chock full of great footballers you know there's minimal holes in their first 22 they've got such a fantastic forward line with Kurt Tippett and Lance Franklin up there you know their midfield is a huge concern for us it's dominant and it's diverse you know you, you've got lots of run from guys like Jetta and Towers and, and Hanabry. Um, you've got that inside grunt of, of Kennedy and Bird and Jack, and then there's Luke Parker, who's probably become their best player over the last 12 months as well. I'd say Buddy's their best player, but Parker is very high up there, no doubt about it. Ooh, someone's challenging you, Macca. How are you going to respond Ooh. to this? No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Deal with it. Hey, I'd, I'd actually agree with you, mate. I'd say Buddy's probably their best player too, but I mean... But they're, yeah. they're a great side and they've got strong midfield depth. And um, at the SCG, Josh Kennedy uh, and Ebert had a great matchup. And, you know, and even though Ebert had, what, nearly 40 possessions, Kennedy still had a massive game as well. So do you think we're going to p- yeah. apply a similar strategy to that or do you think we might go a little bit different? Would, would we pit, pit Ollie Wines up against Kennedy or is it still a bit too uh, raw for him? Look, I'd, I'd still be going Ebert. Against Kennedy, I think it, it was one of the matchups of the year last year, and um, you know, I, I think we'll see that happen again. Um, I guess the the good thing is that we do have multiple options to go on to Kennedy if he does start to dominate. Yeah, I'm not too sure actually with the matchups there, but I have that as well. I, I feel the uh, Ebert matchup against Kennedy would probably be most likely since it worked well, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we play Wines up against him, similar to how we did the Wines Fife matchup in the semi last year. I think one um, one matchup that we will see, as we've seen numerous times in the past three or four uh, seasons, is is to see Kane Corns go up against uh, Hanabry again. Um, and look, I, I think Corns against Hanabry is one of the uh, the all time great matchups. He's just absolutely destroyed him the last three or four times that we've played. Yeah, he's towered him up, hasn't he? And how did he? Uh, how did Hanabry go last week? He, he got a reasonable amount of ball, didn't he? Influenced the game, eight tackles. So he's obviously uh, 
in form after the first game of the season. So it'll be an interesting test for Kane to see if he can lock him down again. I think he can. I think um, in the past, Hanabri's been in fantastic form and, you know, Corns has always been able to shut him down. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but, you know, Corns just seems to be able to, to niggle him and, and put him off his game. And I don't know, when Hanabri plays a poor game, he really just doesn't get anywhere near the ball. So um, I noticed a poster from the Sydney team came on, very complimentary of us onto the boards um, this week, and but was commenting on our game plan against Frio with the possession game plan and thinking that um, if we take in that possession game plan against Sydney, that's their bread and butter and how to beat a side because I'll just sit back and probably similar to what Frio did last week and then run into the open space. And he thought our best chance to winning, which and it would be more of a 50-50 ball game, is if we play that running shootout to ourselves. Um, what do you guys think? I think we'll see us play our natural game plan, which is that fast attacking slingshot footy. Agreed. I feel we now have that plan B method of being able to chip it around if need be. But if it's not working, we're not going to do that, of course. We're going to play our natural game style, which is our plan A. So it's only there as a backup if the plan A isn't working, for my opinion. Yep. Mm. So look, the forward line, who goes to Franklin? Who goes to Tippett? Well, I think we've announced that we're going to be rotating our back six, so it's not going to be a, a match-up for 100% of the game on each of the forwards, as is the normal modern game. But you'd have to say that Homsch will go to Buddy, as he did last time, and Carlisle to tip it for me. Okay. I think it's um, I think it's an interesting one because obviously I was at that press conference and I guess what Jackson was trying to say there was that the um, there's so many rotations in the game these days you don't have that um, uh, that massive uh, quantity of time just to be one dedicated player um, to one dedicated player so to speak or our old traditional matchup for the game. Um, plus, I guess he's not going to come out and announce who's going to be taking who uh, during the game. I got the vibe that, however, that Alipati will probably uh, uh, go to Franklin. But personally, I think Homsch is probably the better matchup. Uh, uh, he seems, he's a little bit more athletic um, than uh, than probably what Bobby is, and probably can run with him better. So maybe what they'll do is Bobby will go to Franklin when he's deep, and uh, Homsch will follow him up the ground. Agreed. Yeah, I'd like to see Homsch um, still go to Franklin. I think he's got he's got the pace and the the strength to go with him. Um, I'd like to see Carlisle go to Tippett. I think that's a perfect match up there. And Tringove to go to Sam Reed. I think that's uh, that would be a, a big win in our direction as well. I feel we match up really well against their tools, considering we have a fairly tall backline ourselves. Even Pittard mm-hmm. and Broadbent are fairly tall for small defenders. Yeah. So I'm not really too concerned with the rotations because we'll we'll probably be out of comfortably. Uh, control them, but that, that being said, they'll probably score goals as well. So they're they're a very damaging forward line. Yeah. Will we see the best of Justin Westhoff and Jay Schultz this week? I hope so. Mm. Can't be any worse than last week, can it? No, probably not. <laughs> but having said that, you never know. You never know. Westy's game was summarised by a set shot for me that about 30 metres out I think it was in the second quarter directly in front and he just sprayed it wide and thinking oh yeah. no they, they were re- their performance was really reflective of our possession game plan um, to a great degree um, so it's really going to depend on what sort of run and carry game plan 
uh, we go with or do we go with the possession game plan and allow Sydney to clog up our forward line. But either way, I'd hope that they can have more influence in the game than what they did last week, that's for sure. Yeah. And look, let's not forget, they are quality players. They've had two great years. Highly unlikely we're going to get that sort of output from them two games in a row, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, look, this is where I think um, Patrick Ryder and, and Jared Redden become a bit of the wild card because you would expect probably Richards to go to Schultz. You'd probably expect um, Grundy to go to Westhoff. Um, I don't really have anyone else that has the height to go with a Ryder or a Redden up forward. I mean, they've got Jeremy Laidler, but he's only sort of 191 um, centimetres. So he'll be giving away quite a bit of height um, for that third toll uh, forward. Yeah, I, so, I look forward to Ryder jumping on top of him. So are we Thanks. going into two toll? I don't think so. Is Redden going to potentially slow us down? No, I, I don't think so. I think we've got... Um, I mean, they've got just as many tolls as what we do. Yeah. In terms of up forward, you know, we've, we've spoken about Tippett, Franklin, Reed, um, and Goods as well. I mean, you know, they've got quite a toll forward line, so I think it's just going to be battle of the tolls, really. Yeah, I guess their tolls are probably a little bit more... Their tall forwards are probably a little bit more quality than our tall forwards, and I'd probably... At this point in time, rank our tall defenders a little bit higher than uh, their tall defenders. So it probably evens itself out. And so like what I think nearly every week, it's going to come down to the influence of the of the midfield and can we curtail goods who seems to always do the job against us. Mm, that's true. One of the Port Adelaide favourites, uh, old Adam Goods. <laughs> he just always seems, you know, we might be doing a, a decent job on him, but then he just pops up with, you know, two goals in three minutes or something and, and turns the game. It happens just about every single time we play against him. Yeah, the three goals in the second quarter in round 13 last year at the SCG stick to mine as well. Mm. Yeah, well, I was just about to say that SCG game last week, uh, last year, um, yeah, he killed us. Sort of kept him in the game early on and... Uh, you know, six-foot-four guy just running around like a little rover, crumbing everything and uh, impacting the scoreboard like he did. It was uh, I was pulling my hair out. But that's the quality of player that he is. And, you know, it's, yeah, look, it's a very, very um, exciting game for us. I, well, look, are you confident? No. Are you confident that we can win? No. I have, I have some concerns over our current fitness, ironically. Okay. Um, I don't think we've run out games all too well in the preseason, and um, I don't think we ran out the game too well last week. And technically, we probably with our training and everything else, we probably should have run out that game a little bit better. So I don't, but I don't know if it was game plan or fitness, which was the influence of last week in the final result, but. We did look knackered and tired, and I just don't. I feel like we've just been off centre um, this whole pre-season compared to, especially the last two years, in relation to our fit, fitness and hitting the ground running. Yeah, it is a worry. I'm, for me. I'm not too concerned with the fitness personally. I mean, we had five players underdone going into the game, obviously coming back from injury or from suspension, obviously with Asada. But uh, I mean, the game didn't seem. I didn't come out of the game and think Fremantle were fitter than us. I mean, both teams were. We're sucking in the big ones late, late in the fourth, obviously. But for me, that wasn't what decided the game. Now, normally that's what helps to decide the game in our favour, sure. And if those five players were fit, we probably would have. 
But for me, that was a game of moments. It was a, a grind, a chipping, chipping away type game. And obviously, they took their chances and their moments better than we did in the end, especially in that fourth quarter with Pavlich's two goals from 50 out after those two frees. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned with the fitness, but it, it does stay in the back of your mind a little bit, doesn't it? Well, honestly, you guys, you, you've watched all their preseason. Do you feel like we're in the same conditioning at this point in time of the season to what we were the previous two years? No, well, we've had more injuries. We've had more players underdone. Um, there's quite a few players that haven't been able to play. So, no, I think we were definitely fitter last year. Um, I don't think that means we are unfit or unable to run out games, though. I think, um, well, I guess you never know. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. I mean, there's a lot riding on this game. We don't want to be 0-2. and two. Um, You know, sort of questions... Like the questions we are asking now will be asked by the media and, you know, the monkey will be on the back and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see um, how we come out. I think we do need to probably get out to a bit of a lead early um, just to put the pressure on the Swans. And, you know, if we can break out to a four or five goal lead at half time, I think I think we'll definitely hang on. Yeah, well, obviously the first two seasons we were, we were a bit better prepared going into the first game. We went 5-0 and in 2013 and 10-1 and last year to start the year. Uh, and obviously starting 0-1 is the exact opposite of those two good starts. But that being said, I, I feel there isn't too much to really be too concerned about. I mean, it, it is a marathon this season. It's not a sprint. And that probably might have been something that we overlooked in the first two years just to get our, get ourselves back up the ladder, if you may. Uh, whereas now we're contending for the Premiership. We understand that this isn't a sprint, this is a marathon. And um, it's kind of gone against... Uh, ethos in the past two seasons, but that being said, I, I feel we've adjusted slightly to, to uh, I guess, uh, accommodate that. And I think, I think if you look at the preseason games, Rick, I think the game in round one would be the first time we've lost a, a last quarter all preseason or all season to date. I think we we won the last quarter against West Coast, Richmond, the Crows, um, and not against Fremantle. But at the same time, we've had ignore the West Coast game. Um, we uh, we had a massively shocking quarter against Richmond. Um, we had a massively shocking quarter uh, against the the Crows, and yep. we had an average quarter against Frio. So we're almost back to that 2013 patch where we're having that one bad quarter where teams are probably getting on top of us for too long and getting a bit of a run on that we're not controlling. So, but I'm being very alarmist um, because it's only one game in the season. That's what makes it bloody hard, doesn't it? Because hopefully they come out and they run the the rings around Sydney this week and I'm looking like an idiot and I shouldn't have been worried about anything. But maybe it's me. (laughs) Maybe I'm just feeling the pressure of expectation and I expected... Maybe. And, you know, as a supporter, I've expected the boys to just come out and, and just be this premiership favourite team that everyone's talking about and hit the ground running and just smash everyone. And again, I and I sillily thought that Frio would be that team that would probably uh, drop off the cliff a little bit this year as well, but they're showing that they're probably going to be around the place as well. So, and look, by, by all means, it was a, it's a tough challenge going over there and that's what makes this week's game so hard to read because Frio is a tough team. Um, and we did take it up to them for the majority of the game. So hopefully it doesn't affect the boys' confidence and they come out and they play a confident brand of footy this week. 
If we do lose and we are zero and two, how concerned will you be? Oh my god, the world will be over. <laughs> no, seriously. What do you think? Well, given that there, there's another three seriously tough games after that, do you think the pressure will start to mount and it might sort of, you know, put more pressure on and you know we'll, we'll start to uh, to struggle a little bit more? Well, I think so. They're a young side. I mean, was it? What did Port know for start the season? Are we are we that young now though? I think so. What was Port no four? What did we start? In, in two thousand and two and two thousand and three, we started both years zero and two. Yeah. So. And we won the minor premiership both years. But we we had a more mature side back then, don't you reckon? Uh, a little probably. bit. Probably. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think it's probably a similar age profile to what we've got now. To be honest. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not the end of the world. If we're zero and four, it's not insurmountable that we can't trudge back. It's just going to be how their confidence is affected. Um, yeah. You know, because I guess they're still raw in terms of experience in playing finals and on the big stage compared to some of the other sides. And I guess there's nothing like winning form and how it can affect confidence. So, you know, I guess it could... Uh, it, I guess it's just going to be a test to see where our boys are at with mental fortitude and how desperate they are to want to play finals, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Sydney started the season 0-2 last year and they ended up finishing minor premiers and making the grand final. So, you know, even though they performed quite poor in the grand final, obviously, I, I wouldn't write a team off being 0-2 at the start of the year. But it would definitely dent no. our chances of making top two, that's for sure, given the high standard of competition challenging for those top four yeah. spots, let alone top two. But so I think it's the mental factor coming up against fellow premiership contenders and, and not getting over the line. I think that plays a bit of a part as well. Yeah. But mark my words, even though we're round two, I can tell you right now, from what I saw of North Melbourne, we'll uh, knock them off in round three anyway. So we won't be, we won't be Norton three. Yeah. We better not. Well, look, let's get a bit of a, uh, get a, bit of a prediction. Um, who's going to win, boys? Well, before, Don't all talk at once. Before Loby's admission, I uh, I had us by 25, but now I'm not as confident. I probably have us, I have us, at us by six. Just the one goal. Ooh. Six goals. Good work. Oh. <laughs> uh, confident. I'm going to do, for all of that, I'm going to keep the faith. Uh, I did pick us, Macca. I'm giving my tip away. Um, yep. And uh, I do believe that we will win, even though I've talked us down for the last 40 minutes. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Jacko best on ground, and uh, Chad Wingard's going to kick four goals, and we'll win by 12 points. Nice. I like it. I'm going to go down the same tack and say that we're going to win the game. Um, I don't know. I just think first home game, you know, there's going to be a lot of buzz at the ground, sellout crowd. Um, hopefully we get close to the record uh, crowd at Adelaide Oval. And look, I think we'll win by probably four points. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I think we'll get out to maybe a, a two or three goal lead. Um, Sydney will claw us back and we'll get over the line with a Angus Monfrey's goal in the last minute. Well, look, let's uh, move on and talk about the SANFL. It's the first SANFL game for the year. Um, this Friday night, uh, we take on South Adelaide at Hickenbotham Oval. Um, you can listen to the game on uh, 1197RPH, or you can go to the ground if you want to drive all the way out to Norlunga. 
Uh, we've got a 193-56 to 56 win-loss record, so we've got the wood on South Adelaide, though it's a, a 12-11 win-loss record at Nolunga. Last time we met was uh, the 20-point prelim final win last year. Um, look, it's a new look Magpies, new names, less experience compared to last year. Um, for me, I'm hoping we start the year with a bang. What do you want to see out of this game? I want to see our AFL players dominate the game. Um, I want to see Archie standing up and uh, really having a, a nice mid-20 possession game. And I want Aaron Young and one of your favourites, Macca, um, Andrew Moore. Really want to see him stamp his authority on this game, I would imagine. Yep. Yep, that's true. There's a massive nine changes um, from the grand final team of last year. Um, so it is a completely new look side. Um, a lot of familiar names, though. We've got Tommy Logan, Cam O'Shea, Nathan Cracker, um, Stevie Summerton in the middle of the ground there. We've got Andrew Moore, Sam Gray. Um, so there is still a bit of experience on the park. Yeah, I expect our fringe players to be knocking on the door, but then again, I expect that every weekend, really. So the person I'm looking forward to looking at, to seeing is Johan Wagner. Uh, I think it'll be his debut for us in the SANFL, so it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Yep. Now, that's a good call. I'm very interested to see how he goes as well. Also, Sammy uh, Cahoon for his first game in, uh, in almost 12 months. Um, good to see him come back from um, knee injury as well. Uh, it looks like we're going in pretty undersized up forward. We've got Johnny Butcher, um, and I think maybe Jonathan Ross might start up forward as well. Mitch Harvey's named in the ruck at the moment. Um, but with uh, Dougal Howard and, and Mason Shaw on the sidelines with injury, um, it does look like being a, a pretty short forward line. Hey, I've been living under a bit of a football rock um, lately, so that name's very familiar to me. Jonathan Ross has he been in the system at all before? No, no. no. You pr- you're probably thinking of X. Adelaide Crow, West Coast Eagle, and um, Collingwood, Jonathan Ross. That's what I am thinking From the of. 90s. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah. this is a blast from the past. Well, this is really confusing. <laughs> Have we recruited some 40-year-old guy to come and fill in? Are we, are we that, that short of uh, numbers? What the hell's going on here? Maybe and experience. We'll have to put you... experience, that's it. We'll have to put a Guernsey on, uh, Macca, and get Timmy G into the side or something. That's it. <laughs> Could always help. Could always help. Yeah, I'm with you, Chad. I'm really excited to see what Wagner can do. We, I liked him in the preseason. I thought uh, he, there's something there about him, and it will be really interesting to see. I think the big challenge for him is how much ball he can get. Yeah, well, it's listed here. Is he in the centre, is it? Oh, no, half forward. Uh, centre, half forward. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. he, um, he'll probably be playing as a tool for, by the looks of it, so it'll be interesting. But, yeah, he... Uh, he will be definitely closely looked at. I'm also wa- wanting to see a lot more from Brendan Archie and Carl Amon. They're both. Um, I'm hoping that both of them start pushing for selection this year. Um, Carl Amon, I think, has got a lot of talent and, and could bring a lot to the the power side. And Brendan Archie, with his clearance winning ability in the middle of the ground, um, hopefully he has a big game to start off the season. So, what are you expecting from South Adelaide? Oh, yeah, I think they'll be. They'll be, they'll be fired up, I reckon. Yeah. They'll be fired up. They, they'll want to start the season with a bang. They'll want a, a bit of revenge over the prelim final loss from last year. And I think um, you know they'll be a bit more experienced, and, and I think this, uh, the Panthers will probably get over the line, I think. Yeah, it might be a bit cold down there. Our boys might not be used to uh, 
such a frosty environment. I, I would hope that we'll Antarctic see. weather. Antarctic weather. Um, yeah, look, it, it will be very interesting to see. And I guess uh, we had a signing today, Macca, that we shouldn't forget to talk about too once we've finished with the SANFL. Yep. I was just going to say that it's interesting to see that the uh, AFL and SANFL fixtures are quite interesting to start us off with us away to Fremantle, who we knocked out last year, obviously, and South for the first round in the SANFL, who we knocked out as well in, in the prelim. Mm. So oh, both away, I might add. So, yeah, conspiracy. the starts. <laughs> a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy there against us. Well, look, let's talk about the signing. Jared Pollock signed until the end of 2018. That's a uh, that's a great signing, I reckon. Fantastic. Is there any doubt? Was he, there was no doubt, I don't think. I, <laughs> I don't think he was someone that was ever going to leave, but it's always good to uh, to get these guys signed up long-term. Is is uh, I, I could almost say, with a Hamish Hartlett, Jared Pollock, Brad Ebert, Matthew Broadbent, or Jack Homsch, are they going to walk away from this club before the age of 28 years of age? I don't think so. But, I mean, especially not. Like as, as Tribe said a few weeks ago, these are the guys that are your bread and butter that you should be signing. Yeah, well, Adelaide, some of those have come back intentionally to play back in Adelaide um, in their hometown. Um, it, it would be very strange for them to so, sort of pack up and want to move back, move away again. But outside of that, I, just, I think it's just a credit to Jared... Um, that he's now showing the potential um, in his uh, what is it his fifth year in the system this year? Was it three years at Brisbane? Yeah, it was. Yeah, this would be number. F- yeah, I thought I thought he was awesome last week. We spoke about him in the preview, when you know to, to lock him away for another three years is a great coup for the club, and it's great for Jared and gives him some uh, uh, financial security and and knowing where he's going to be and what he's going to be doing, and gives him some comfort in the game that he's playing. And I think Port Adelaide's going to be very happy. He's he's really showing that he's now a line breaker and he's got the ability to break tackles and. He's going to be delivering a lot of ball into our forward 50, I would imagine. Yep, definitely. For me, he was in our best five last weekend, and he he definitely stood out. And he, he showed that potential they had glimpses of last season where he had games where he would definitely step up and, and look a top top player on our side. So it was very promising to see that last weekend in a, in a high-pressure situation away, away from home. And... Uh, for me, I just remember the uh, the first game he played for us in round one last year against Carlton away and that fourth quarter where he just broke through packs and kicked that goal from 50 metres out, something to behold. And I just I just knew we had a great player from, from then onwards. So it's very uh, very promising that he's re-signed. And there, there was no doubt, really, in his re-signing. Well, what do you expect from him uh, for the rest of the year, boys? Do you think he's going to continue to take his game to another level? And... What you know? What do you What do you think he's going to deliver? Is he going to be that uh, mid twenties uh, to uh, early thirties sort of possession ball winner? And uh, is he a bit of a is he a front runner or is he a hard worker? What What do you What do you get out of him as a player? I think uh, in round one it showed just how hard he works, um, especially against the run of play. I think um, that's important for me. It's all about consistency this year for Jared Pollock. Last year. You know, his best games were incredible, but he also had games where he barely got a kick. Um, for me, it's about um, you know raising the floor um, of his standard so that his worst games are still pretty good. If he can do that, he'll be a magical player. I'm very excited. 
There's, it's, I am. Look, and even I love Jared Pollock. I reckon he's a great player. Absolutely. I was excited to get him back, and he's showing us what he's all got. And I love his nickname of Trollick. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Consistency is definitely the thing that we were looking for him for, for this year, in my opinion, as well. He, um, he has that second preseason now under Burjo, so there's no real excuses for him to have that fadeaway they did have in the mid-period last year where we, where we all seem to just drop off for a fair bit. So, yes, definitely looking forward to a big year from him. That's it. Well, look, let's um, let's move on. Um, last but not least, uh, we'll, we'll just have a quick chat about um, some of the other games uh, across the AFL. I think it's another fantastic round of matches this, uh, this week. A lot of them are very evenly matched. I think it's probably seven or eight of them are, are probably 50-50 games this week. Um, Boys, pick a game that interests you most in round two. While we're, while we're doing this game picking exercise, do you want to do you want to talk about your tips for last week, Macca, and and how good you were? Would you like to? Rub I it? don't want to embarrass you, Rick. Well, what's there to embarrass, Craig? What are you talking about? Three. You got three. <laughs> I'm a good football expert, aren't I? <laughs> Easy money for you, horrendous. <laughs> Easy money. Uh, I'm interested in the Collingwood-Adelaide game because I thought both were going to be underperformers this year and both exceeded my expectations by a long way. Um, I still think Adelaide played well but were made to look a lot better than what they were by a very insipid North Melbourne and a very average defender in Kurt Tipper. And, um, And, yeah, Collingwood surprised me with their away performance. So I think this... Might be a very, very interesting game. Who would you pick out of this game, Mecca, by chance? Uh, Crows by about seven or eight goals. Right, yeah. yeah. I had the Crows too, for that matter. Yeah, well, I picked the Crows as well, so you're stuffed. I've got a couple here that I, that I highly rate, but for me, the GWS Melbourne game, towards the bottom end of the, uh, of the ladder, but both sides looked fairly impressive last week. GWS got the one the win without actually looking impressive, which is new for them. They, they didn't really get that grinding <laughs> win. They've never really done that before, so that was probably promising for them, and that was away from home as well, which they don't really win too many games outside of uh, Western Sydney or Canberra. So, yeah, which the game is held in Canberra this weekend, so we'll see how they can back it up at home, or well, home away from home, I guess. And um, to see how they progressed, how 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 if they've taken that next step up up the ladder, I suppose. And um, have they actually won two games before in a row? I don't know. Um, no, I don't so, think they have. That's no. a big call. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Um, and Ooh, Melbourne, Melbourne or as well. oh, both, Melbourne or really. GWS won two in a row. <laughs> yeah, both. Melbourne probably did about fifteen years ago. But they... <laughs> I was thinking more fifty, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Melbourne obviously performed well against Gold Coast, who were probably one of the most disappointing teams on the weekend. So they're, mi- they're missing Gary Ablett, who clearly looks below his best by some distance, and losing Jager O'Meara out for the season as well. They're two best midfielders. Yeah, that's, um, that's not looking good for them, really, is it? So we'll no, see how they bounce back. Mm-hmm. Can they uh, get the points away? Uh, Melbourne, that is. What do you reckon, Matthew? I think, um, yeah, you've read my mind, Chad, because my pick of the week is uh, GWS and Melbourne as well. I think uh, both had great wins in round one. 
both have a lot to play for and a lot of respect um, to be gained across the competition. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out um, on top on this one um, and whether it'll be a, a close game or not. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, Melbourne with their, their first um, their first rate uh, forward line for the first time with Dawes, Hogan, um, Watts, um, maybe someone like Garland up there as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they perform. Well, I reckon GWS will uh, knock them off this week. Uh, I reckon they might be a bit strong, but it's ironic because you said uh, two lower-ranked teams, but they're both sitting in the top top eight at the moment, so after one week. Yeah. And well, someone, will be, someone will be undefeated after two rounds. And we won't be, sad face. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We oh, can't, can't go the year with being undefeated, so it's fine. Yeah, cheers, Macca. Cheers, Chad. Don't forget, go in the draw to win a Guernsey or to win some couple of lounge track uh, tickets and you can get fat and drink, get pissed with me and Macca. Sounds great. Mini spring rolls, Macca. Yeah, um, love those things. Awesome. Smashed down a couple of dozen of those, I reckon. That's it. Thanks for coming on, Chad. No worries. Thank you for having me. And uh, until next time, go the power. Go Port Adelaide Footy Club and happy 100th, Jackson. The running Francis, it's deafening at Footy Park. It's like finals footy oh. Trevray Marks at half board. He's lifted as well, Trevray. Five marks for him this afternoon to the goal square. Chad Corns is the man of the moment. Can't do it this time. Stewie Jew, right foot. 